WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two of the Rich Keep Show here on WEEI, and it is time for our full throttle socks talk, and it is sponsored by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com, by the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers, and by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. And joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is none other then Rob Bradford from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Bradford, how are you? <laughs> Let me tell you, I have not gone full throttle like I did this weekend. I've not gone full throttle in Springfield mm-hmm. like I did this weekend Holy for smokes. 22 years since I, since I uh, last matriculated at yeah. Springfield College mm-hmm. just down the road. I felt like if, if anyone there to, to, to make go full throttle, it was me and Jonathan Papelbon, and I think we both did, yeah. For sure, yeah, you guys definitely were. Now, I know that's not what he meant. It was more levers, and it was more adjusting levers yeah. and things <laughs> like that. But let me let me ask you uh, one question to get started. Will there be a winter weekend in 2025? Yeah, oh, yeah, there will be. Okay. There definitely will be. And, and it was – I thought it was notably um, thinner – this year, hmm. I don't know what percentage you would put on it, but notably thinner. Uh, I did feel like sort of the boo thing was almost, it wasn't as organic as it was the year before. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, and it, the Papelbon thing, I, it was, uh, I, I, it was either genius or not genius. It was, <laughs> I took a lot of attention away from people. Right. Uh, a lot of people like, usually the, the, I think the, the younger folk usually like it. The purists of the game, they, uh, they're like, oh, we 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 want to boo and we want to talk about payroll and mm-hmm. salary cap, and but uh, we don't want to we we don't want a full throttle Jonathan Papelbon up on stage. But to answer your question, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like it because it, selfishly, it's a sense of community where you get a chance to see a lot of people. And I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about players or anything. I'm just talking about people who you interact with in social media and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a compared to the other ones that I've been to. Definitely a sad trombone. A long way from nine years ago when Joe Kelly came over and predicted he was going to win the Cy Young. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. The five aces and all that stuff along the way. It, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a little, a uh, little different. And I just think I, a lot of fans have a hard time wrapping their head around full throttle, and yet also payroll is going to be lower than it was last year, where the team was in last place for the second consecutive year. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, this, let's talk about the comments that were made there, right? I yeah. mean, you had you, you did 180s on mm-hmm. whether it was the payrolls going to come in lower than it was or the Fenway experience, which to me, that was the worst one. And I don't know, and I've said this before, but I don't know if you saw the movie Flight, Rich. Like, uh, have you seen the movie Flight? I don't know if I have. Okay, Denzel well, Washington. at the end of it, Denzel... Yeah, Denzel Washington. He right. he runs out. He, he gets the point where he, if he tells the truth, he has to go to jail. But then he goes. He says, "I've run out of lies. I've run out of things to say. Wow. I've hit my quota." I did, and <laughs> and that's and that's kind of how it felt. Where the Fenway experience, because we all know that the Fenway experience is the Red Sox safety net, the business wise. Right? We mm-hmm. know that. We know that 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 people are going to come, and you don't have to have a good team. 
but it was never articulated like that. And when it was articulated like that, it was like, God, really? Come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, you, you, you like to think that people are going to get people there because it's going to be a good team and people are going to buy the jerseys with player X on the back of the, but that's not what they're going for right now. I will say this though, with the levers and the full throttle and everything else, I will say this, that I put a poll up yesterday. They signed Jordan Montgomery they signed Jordan Montgomery, Rich. Uh-huh. Then the per- perception—I don't know if—I don't know if they would make the playoffs, but the perception of the the whole thing changes. And my scientific poll up on my ex Twitter account suggests that it was most people say, "Okay, I would give it either a B or a C." Which yeah. right now, I think universally, it would be a D or an F. Well, I think Jordan Montgomery, to me, would have been a really nice signing in addition to somebody better than him. And it's sort of that same conversation we've had for a while where, hey, if Brian Bayo's your third starter, like, you might kind of have something here in your rotation. But right now, like, I'm not a Luke, Lucas Giolito guy. And I also, like, kind of picking through it a little bit more, like, I don't even know how good Jordan Montgomery is. I think he was good at the right time last year for Texas. But overall, like, I, he doesn't really knock my socks off either. See, I think the thing I think is important to invest, like I, I say invest in certainty, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no thing specifically absolute certainty, but the good teams have the guys that they invest in, which you kind of know what you're going to get. And I don't think Jordan Montgomery is going to be uh, a no doubt about it, number one guy. But to your point, you don't want Brian Bayo to have to do what everyone expected him to do last year and be this ace. Like, have somebody else to take the heat off. And maybe Giolito is that guy, but – you're not paying for certainty with Lucas Giolito. You might pay for innings, but you're not paying for certainty. And, and so that's the part of it that drives me nuts because the, the example that it did work was when they paid for certainty for the bullpen and Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin after the year of trying to piece it together. And you know what? That, if they didn't have those two, you win 60 games. <laughs> so my thing is it's, it's, worth, it's worth getting uncomfortable and worth the investment to get a guy that you kind of know what you're going to get while you're looking, while you're sifting through the five or six or seven aces. Do you think Kenley Jansen's going to get traded? I hope not, but I think that I, I think it's better than 50% chance. Nice. I, I, I don't think I, I see. I, I understand he's a value. He's on the last year of his contract, but I hate people who say, well, as a closer, anyone can close. I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a second. I've seen it enough where that isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And also, the way bullpens are now, you need to stretch them out as far as you can because the starters are only going five innings max. Right. So you need to stretch out. If you, ha- you have to have two, three closers on every team. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, he has value. Teams need want closers. Um, and he's in the last year of his contract. And again, selfishly, he's also one of the, the few guys in that clubhouse who uh, I don't want to say have personality, but have personality. Mm-hmm. So it's you know that for selfishly, that's that would be a big hit to the baseballs and boring brand. Absolutely, it, it sure would. Now I know one of these. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Chris Cotillo had uh, a Tristan Casas story, and so there hasn't been any extension talk yet with Casas. And I guess you could look at that a couple of ways. Maybe they want to see more of it, you know, before they commit to something like that. Or, you know, is Craig Breslow in a similar situation that uh, Heim Bloom was in where they probably aren't really looking at long-term deals? You know, Rafael Devers is sort of the outlier and everybody else, it's probably not going to happen. 
No, I think, see, it's a good question for Chris to ask and because we all ask it, right, this time of year. It's, it's, it's a layup. And, but, but also, if you go back, the extension talks almost never happen until really spring training. Because, especially now, because there's so much for these, these teams to do, they're trying to do a million different things. And, and then it was like, hey, you know, we can loop back on the extension stuff either at the beginning of spring training or the middle of spring training. I think absolutely at some point when you get to the end of March, Chris and Cassis and Brian Bayer will at least have been approached. That doesn't mean they're going to sign them. Right, this right. is in Atlanta where they, they have the magic formula. Say, hey, everyone come on, sign your extension. No, I mean, you have to, you have to actually present an offer that is legit and good because it's not the drawing. That's another part about this, Rich, is that the Red Sox have to overpay for everything now mm-hmm. because it's not the drawing card it used to be. Is uh, Going back to Jordan Montgomery, is it just between the Rangers and the Red Sox and like, as of right now? And like, what's taking so long with, with him? And I don't know what he's, what he's looking for. Oh, well, I just talked to Scott Boris, and he said there's 10 mystery teams. So it's, <laughs> that's no, true. All right. A third of the league wants Jordan <laughs> yeah. Montgomery. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's what everyone thinks. It's like the Rangers, and there was this perception of the Rangers' TV deal might affect it. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's why I said let's, let's wait this out a little bit because we don't know how Craig Breslow acts. We don't know his approach, and he might end up reading the market right and getting Jordan Montgomery on three years instead of six. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, but I think that if I had to guess which teams were had more or which pitchers had more interest, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, even if Blake Snell has the qualifying offer attached, I think probably Snell. I mean, I, that's that's a guess, but I think yeah. Snell because he's more perceived as like a. Uh, I mean, the guy I want to sign young, so he's mm. he's a pretty good. I think that's a pretty good pitcher. That's as good as you can get. I mean, for that particular season, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, sort of. Yeah. It's kind I just, of listen, when I look, look, when I look at, look at, look at Hall of Fame ballots, I look at you Ugh. know how many times you finish in the top ten of Cy Young votes. I look, always, you're right. You're I, right. No, the, the, the Hall of Fame thing. It just dri- it drives me nuts because I'm like, I won't get as mad this time <laughs> around. And then you see who gets in, and you're like, oh my god, like what is this? This these are not the Hall of Famers. Like here's a, here's some B plus well, guys. They, they are now. They are, they are now. I mean, they are now because because like for instance, Scott Rowland gets in last year, right? Yeah. And everyone, Scott Rowland. Well, mm-hmm. as a voter, I know like this is how it works because what the, you go immediately go. You have you have stats and information that you didn't have before. War. Scott Rowland was a war guy. He has a seventy war, and nobody with that level of war isn't in the Hall of Fame. So. You well, that's well, that's that. not entirely true. <laughs> well, uh, at his position. Oh, and his well, didn't uh, a certain Alex Rodriguez play that position? Oh well, yes. What's well, his he's war? On the ballot, though. I mean, yeah, he's on the ballot. Well, yeah. You're talking well, about Aaron's on the ballot. Him. I voted for him. as you should. I, yeah, and I as voted for him. Yeah, yeah, I voted for him and Manny and and, and the rest of them. So it's and, you know the rest of them. And and all so those guys. But it's uh, I, I think that like for instance you know the, you know who the guy who really got screwed was Dwight Evans yeah I mean yeah, Dwight yeah. Evans if 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 they measured things like they do now in the voting Dwight Evans would easily be in easily but they don't and now we're we're voting in players me included voting in players who maybe not wasn't even as good as Dwight Evans and that's kind of a shame.
Yeah, no, that is tough. And as for the, uh, so if 70 is the magic number, A-Rod's war was 117.5. And, yeah, uh, you, yeah, yeah, you should. I voted for I, Listen. <laughs> no, not, it, yeah, no, I'm just asking everybody else. Not a lot of people voted say, for him. Listen, yeah. this, was, this was the guy. I can't get, when A-Rod, first of all, like I can't stand how he's revitalized his whole perception because I think it's just so fraudulent. And I can't get, <laughs> I watched the Bal- Balco documentary yeah. where, the guy hired people to hold up signs to support him outside the courtroom because they were all in the same handwriting. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, he's uh, a mess. He's, he's a heck of yeah. a ball player. I think the thing that drives me the nuts, uh, the most nuts about uh, your fellow BBWAA members is how <laughs> Todd Helton, for example. So I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but whatever. He, he gets it. He gets the votes. So this year he got just under 80% of the votes. His first year on the ballot, 2019, he got 16% of the votes. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, all of a I sudden they're like, you know what? Actually, oh, yeah, let me – now he is a Hall of Famer. It's like, well, he didn't think he was five years ago, so just go with your gut. Go with your original thought. You were right. Well, there was – the problem is is that there's definitely some of it where, you know, when you max out a 10, there's some guys maybe you don't vote for, but that's not primarily the case. Primar- yeah. What's pro- primarily the case is you have – Really, I'll say, I'll be very kind, misguided voters, <laughs> misguided, where yes. some of them say, oh, he's not a first ballot. Like, who cares? If, you, if you have room oh, and you're he's 10, in or he's not. Yeah. then vote for him. Yeah. yeah. And then and then and then if you I don't understand the ones who take their take, don't vote for someone after, you know, mm-hmm. the next year you're taking them off. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's. It, the, the ballots, are, I don't mind the, the debate about the steroid guys and who, you know, me, I voted for Billy Wagner. Okay, let's have a debate about it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But, but some of these ballots are just so unbelievably terrible. And, and you're right. It's hard to defend them. And as you can tell, it's very, very hard to defend them. And that's for sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's our, uh, our first full throttle socks talk of the, cool. uh, the winter Man. spring. I think it's pretty good. I tell I tell you what I tell you what it was the winter weekend the last thing I said about winter weekend full throttle winter weekend all the levers winter weekend yep is that we had Papelbon on and we had the radar gun machine about thirty feet away <laughs> yeah. and I know Papelbon if you know basically he'll say no to a lot of things but if you bet at him if you mm, bet him he'll he'll never say no got it so I bet him a hundred bucks he couldn't hit eighty five on the radar gun. He's, you know, the huge crowd follows him over, and he goes in. He throws seventy-seven, That's and he comes crazy back and he me. said, "In fear, yeah." Well, he yeah, threw three actually: seventy-seven, eighty, and seventy-seven. Wow. And he comes back, and we re- recapped it on our airwaves. And I, and he said, "Well, in fairness, I, I hadn't slept last night, and I still might be drunk." And I said, "Well, how's that any different <laughs> from when you played?" So, yeah, touche. So, yeah, exactly. He, he, he agreed. He agreed. So I saw the, so I saw the go. video of it. It looked like it was. Uh, I test suggested more than seventy-seven. Yeah, you know, I think it was humped up there. I thought. It was... Well, he was. Well, I mean, just listen. I could go max effort like him too. Yeah. Little, the the weird thing is that. Who would have ever thought that an employee WEI in Odyssey would throw harder than than Jonathan Papelbon, which our guy Coop did? Yeah, that's he threw right. 81. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so Coop greater than Papelbon. There you go. We got the, the videos to prove it. Sign him up. Pretty good. There you go. There All right, check go. out the uh, Baseball Isn't Boring podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Bradfoe, a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll be uh, talking to you again soon. 
All right. Thanks, Rich. I'll see you. All right. Very good. Good stuff from uh, Bradfo there as we mix in some socks. I mean, the reality is we're going to talk socks, but it's not going to be, you know, probably the most positive. I mean, until they give us a reason. Well, to... he's saying they land Jordan Montgomery. All right. If they get Jordan Montgomery, things we, are changing. we can reassess things a little bit. I think if they were going to get Jordan Montgomery, now I guess they're just waiting it out, but if they're going to get Jordan Montgomery, don't you do that right before winter weekend? So maybe it's not quite as bad when yeah, you're there. But you would I, think. I don't know. They're just trying to save a few pennies, I guess. All right, you want to get back in here? We can turn our attention back to Bill Belichick, who appears to be out of a job. And is he done in the NFL for good? 617-779-7937 is the number to jump aboard the Rich Keefe Show here on WEI. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some headlines. Good night for Boston last night. Both the Bruins and the Celtics got the win. Celtics beat the Heat in Miami 143-110. to Tatum had 26 points. Brown had 18 Kristaps Porzingis was at 19, and then things got scary midway through the third quarter when he sprained his left ankle. He had to leave the game. Porzingis did return to the bench, but not the court. And the Celtics announced earlier tonight that Porzingis is doubtful for tomorrow night's game against the Clippers, which tips off from the Garden at 7 p.m. Also, in other Celtics news, Jason Tatum has been named a starter for the East in the All-Star game. The Bruins, uh, they were on the road last night in Ottawa, taking on the Senators. Goals from Pasternak, Frederick, and Marchand's overtime goal led to the B's 3-2 victory. With his 19th overtime goal, Marchand now sits third in NHL all-time scoring when it comes to overtime goals. He spoke after the game last night on now being fifth all-time in Bruins goals. It's special. Um, You know, I I, I try not to think too much about it, but it is special. Uh, I never thought that... My career would come this far, and, and uh, you know some of the things that have gone on would have happened. Uh, I've been extremely fortunate and, and very lucky to be part of it. Bruins back on the ice tomorrow afternoon in Philly to face the Flyers. Puck drops at 12.30 p.m. from the Wells Fargo Center. And some Patriots news. According to Ian Rappaport, the Pats plan to interview Lions pass game coordinator Tanner Engstrin for their offensive coordinator position. Engstrin's name has become a popular one around the NFL thanks to Detroit's offensive success. Engstrin also worked with Jim Harbaugh earlier in his career. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. got cold feet on Bill Belichick and understanding all the things that they would have to do to satisfy him. And I think that any team right now, and I think that's part of the reason that you're looking at kind of a dearth of opportunities Mm -hmm. is you have a guy who's 71 who's not going to be there for the long term. Mm -hmm. He has a very select few teams that he would consider. And when he comes in with a recent record that isn't impressive, he's going to come in and want things to be done his way with no one to answer to. So I think it's a – I had thought during the year – that it would be difficult for him to find a market, and that's proving right. That was Tommy Curran talking about the state of Bill Belichick's future back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. It does seem like, as great as Bill is, and I'm not one of these, ah, you know what Bill's record is without Brady? It's not great. You know what it is with Brady? I still think Bill's a great coach or was a great coach. 
However, I mean, he's got a lot of things working against him right now. His age is one of them. It just is. You know, how many years, if you're bringing him in, how many years do you think you're going to actually have him as your head coach? His recent track record is poor. The assistant coaches that he would probably end up bringing with him aren't great. If he wants player personnel control, not ideal. And if he's commanding top dollar, how many teams are willing to do that? So, well, when you put it like that. <laughs> it's only like six things. Like, that's why, uh, you know, not, and I understand, too, like, not all 31 other teams would he want to go to. Right? It, does take, it takes two to tango, as they say. But if he wants to stay in the league and if he wants to, you know, get the wins record. I mean, think about players. Like, there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of players that when they become free agents – and they're like, I really want to go to Team X. And it's like, well, Team X isn't interested. So what are you going to do then? You know, retire? Or, like, you want to play, so maybe you have to go somewhere where you don't want to. And I know it's slightly, you know, it's apples to oranges. Like, if you're coaching, like, you're taking over the whole operation. It's a little bit different than, like, plopping in and, and uh, playing. But if he has options, and it doesn't really feel like he does. It was maybe Atlanta, but then Atlanta just was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, another thing from Tom Kern was he was talking about this position with uh, with Arthur Blank, which if Bill is going to get the job, it really felt like from the outside it was going to be solely because their owner likes him. And maybe even if he was advised against it, he was going to still stick with his gun. I mean, he's the guy who owns the team. So it's his call. But he also hires a whole lot of people to probably give him you know, feedback, advice, et cetera. And in this case, it seems like he listened to him. Here's, here's Kern again. Uh, talking about that situation. You have different layers. So as much as Arthur Blank wants that, he spends a lot of money on these other individuals. And I think those other individuals can say, here's Bill's free agents in 2021. Mm. Here's what's going on with the draft. And here's what happened with the quarterback. You want all of us to just stand by and let him do what he wants to do? And I think that Arthur Blank, at some point, you have to defer the people you're paying money to if they're making sense. So, I mean... You add all that up, and uh, Bill doesn't have a gig. And so I'm still just kind of floored overall by as good as the run was, better than anybody else's. Bill Belichick ends his time in New England on the lowest of lows. It's the worst record he had in 24 years as head coach. So he leaves the the, the place worse off than he got it, the guy that he, that he in, inherited it, right? Pete Carroll's last year with the Patriots, they were 500. Bill then took a little bit of a dip in 2000, and then boom, 2001, they win the Super Bowl, and they're off and running for the greatest two-decade dynasty ever. And I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be topped. But these last couple of years haven't been great. He ends with a four and thirteen season, and so even though they announced that it was a mutual parting of the ways, it wasn't. So Bill gets pushed out of New England, and he's available. You don't have to trade for him. Remember, that was even a talk for a minute. Yeah, they're going to trade for him. How much can you get for him? Zero. You get zero for him because nobody wants him, as it turns out. Or at the very least, there's not that perfect, you know, marriage where Bill sees a team that he wants to go to, that team's, and they they agree. You know, maybe they each give up a little something. I'm curious if he ever had a real conversation with Jerry Jones. Because it was, what, two days after the Cowboys lost that Jerry Jones came out and was like, yeah, Mike McCarthy's staying. So, like, in those two days, did he at least have a sneaky phone call with Bill? And it would be it would make sense for both of those guys to keep that quiet. You know, they neither one should tell anybody. Now, I think Jerry Jones probably would have a hard time really keeping things close to the vest, but 
he doesn't want his coach knowing that, like, especially the coach that he's backing, that he was actually looking at other guys, but Bill wanted X, Y, and Z, and Jerry wasn't willing to give it to him. But Bill wouldn't want it out there that he talked to Jerry, and Jerry said no. And Jerry wouldn't want it out there that he was even interested in somebody other than Mike McCarthy, if you're going to keep him, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, it just it seems like a really weird spot. And, and man, football's going to be weird without Bill Belichick. We're exactly. Gonna, you know, and selfishly, and not so much selfishly, yeah. but I wanted to see what Bill was going to do. Definitely. What would have Belichick look like even yep. in Atlanta? You know what I mean? I know. But, I was like to the point where I was like, all right, yeah. I'll settle for Atlanta. I wanted to go somewhere much juicier than that, but I was like, all right, if it's Atlanta, it's Atlanta. Like so be it. It's like I titled one of our podcast clips uh last night like we want we wanted him around but just not here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we yeah. didn't want him gone. Yeah, exactly. No, I wanted him in the NFL. He wanted to be in the NFL. You want because I think you look at it and if he's if he's great, that's a cool story. If he's horrible, yeah. like all right, people are going to pile on, whatever they like, get for the entertainment value of it, you know, the casual fan, not us maniacs that are on and listen to sports radio, but the casual fan can name how many NFL head coaches. And now, whatever that number is, it's one less. Exactly. Because everybody knows Belichick, and whether you love him or hate him, you know who he is. So that's that's a shame. Uh, let's go to uh, Ed in the car. He joins us next year on the program. Ed, what do you got? Good evening, Rich. Good evening. Mike Bravel, what happened there? What happened with Mike Rabel? Good question. Good question. Yeah, what do you think happened? It just seemed he was the the hottest candidate. I I just don't get it. And you think it's because of the Belichick tree, or no. is it just? No, I don't. I don't think it was the Belichick tree because honestly, Ed, I don't even put him in the Belichick tree. Like to me, the Belichick tree is just guys that coached for him. Because if it was guys that played for him, I mean, you could technically have. Kevin O'Connell, Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Robinson, like all these guys. I don't, I don't even count it. But it's a great point that you bring up. Vrabel, I thought a lot of teams would want. You know, a couple of years ago, I remember uh, for some reason it was a topic of conversation about, hey, when Bill Belichick does retire, imagine if you could get Vrabel. And you're like, yeah, but he's going to be with the Titans and he's not going anywhere with the Titans. I, I like him quite a bit. I like his personality a lot. I wonder what's working against him is, well, you know, my first thought is defensive guy, but there's been a couple defensive guys hired. You know, Raheem Morris was just hired. Antonio Pierce, now that was a different situation because he was the interim and then he stayed on there. Um, So two D, de- well, and, and Mayo, right? And Gerard Mayo. But that's also a, a weird one. As much as Robert Kraft likes Mike Vrabel, they didn't do an interview. They didn't do it like they didn't even give him the opportunity to maybe sway him. Like maybe he was convinced, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in I'm going to keep Gerard Mayo. But if you actually open it up, interview, you know, five, six people and, and Vrabel's one of them, maybe you're like, oh, wait a minute. I kind of want to keep Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that's a weird one to me. I, I think he should be in the league. He's 48 years old. He was coach of the year in 2021. He's uh, six years with the Titans. Now, like most coaches who are looking for jobs, his last year was the worst year that he's had. And he's back-to-back losing seasons. But they haven't had quarterbacks. You know, they sort of turned around Ryan Tannehill. He and actually Arthur Smith, who just got fired from Atlanta. But Arthur Smith was the offense coordinator with Vrabel in Tennessee when they got something out of Ryan Tannehill. They were winning a bunch of games. Derrick Henry was running for a million yards, and they were making the playoffs. And that was a pretty good run that Tennessee had. And then back-to-back losing seasons. And the next thing you know, he's gone. But one of the big deals I thought was 
They were 12-5, and five and they lost in the divisional round in 2021. And then his GM, John Robinson, who had also spent time in New England, trades away A.J. Brown for a first-round pick. Trades away A.J. Brown. And Mike Vrabel, I think it even, he either told A.J. Brown that he wasn't going to get traded, or I think he told the media that they weren't going to trade A.J. Brown or something. So that started a real rift between those two. The team eventually got rid of John Robinson, so Vrabel had a little bit more say in, in player personnel. They drafted, uh, who the hell was it, Traylon Burks, I think, in the first round to try to replace A.J. Brown. Nowhere near as good. Brown helps the Eagles get to the Super Bowl his first year out there. So that was a disaster of a trade. Like You you gave up one of the best receivers in the league for a first-round pick where you tried to just get another one, and you missed. So like, is that on Vrabel? Like, I, I'm not blaming Vrabel for that. And then Tannehill really just trailed off. He was... He burned hot there for two years, and then he kind of sank like a stone. They're playing Will Levis. Like, it's just kind of a mess. I, I, Vrabel should be coaching. Like, if, if you looked at all the candidates going back two weeks ago before all these teams hired anybody, I would have taken Vrabel over Belichick. I would have taken maybe Harbaugh over Vrabel, but it's close. It also, I think, depends on what your team is looking for. You know, if you need your defense to turn around a little bit more, maybe you do go Vrabel. If you want somebody to work with your quarterback, you go with with Harbaugh. But yeah, that's an odd one. I could also see everybody talks about Bill doing TV. Maybe Vrabel does TV for a year and then he ends up uh, being a candidate next year. Because even he won't even be 50 by that point, so he can go somewhere else and be successful. I mean, his time in, in Tennessee overall is, is pretty good. Uh, speaking of TV, here's uh, Ian Rappaport talking about uh, what's going on with Bill Belichick and where he possibly could be next year let's talk about bill belichick potentially joining tv because certainly that would be a possibility will he win another emmy i don't know but he would be very good at it also could serve as a consultant which is something that coaches are taking a year off do what this also sets up is bill belichick waiting i know he's going to be 75 by next year but the greatest coach of all time does not act uh does not act his age certainly seems like he has a lot of energy could come back in 2025 it, all, it sets up for the possibility that any team that struggles, what if the Dallas Cowboys don't get it done with Mike McCarthy? What if Nick Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles just do not have the kind of year that they want? There is Bill Belichick looming. The amount of TV time we are going to fill with, will Belichick eventually take over for X, insert name of coach, is going to be epic, and I am here for all of it. Yeah, so that's the other thing is – We've seen quarterbacks come out of retirement and then plop on a team and kind of go. Like Joe Flacco this year was a good example, right? Guys sitting at home, enough quarterbacks get hurt. He gets called, he comes in. So are we saying next year as the season goes on, you might replace your coach with Bill Belichick in season? I just don't see that happening. I don't either. I think that's really difficult. I feel like, mo- like I mean, we'd have to get the Rich Keefe stats and info department on this. I feel like when a, t- when a head coach gets fired in season, they usually just – promote the best candidate possible in-house. They slap the interim tag on them, then they ride out the season. They don't say, hey, oh, there's a Hall of Fame coach sitting on the couch. Just bring him in because then he's working with like half the staff and the play. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know about that. But so now we're we're really going with the Kansas City thing where we're really saying a team's going to fire their coach. I feel at this point, I mean, it is January 26th. We're two days away from the conference championship games. Are the Jets or Bears or Cowboys or who else? Jets, Bears, Cowboys, or Eagles really going to change their mind right now? I don't I don't think so. 
I guess the one possibility that people have kind of floated out there is what if Andy Reid retires? If Andy Reid retires, would he go to Kansas City? It's kind of an odd one. Or would they want to get somebody that might be with Patrick Mahomes for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' run? Like That's, a, that's what yeah, I would that's do. That's the thing. The Belichick thing, you're talking two years maybe? Yeah. Uh, and then you're back at it again. If you're Kansas exactly. City, it's like, all right, now Patrick Mahomes gets to have a new coach. And then they wouldn't bring in like McDaniel's and have him run like Mahomes. Is like we're running this offense. I'm not changing yeah, the offense. It seems like the disruption would be too much to make it worth it. Yeah, I don't as think much so. as I would love it. And I get why like Florio and others would mention it. I mean, it's the it's the best team right now. It's the best coach of all time. It's it's juicy. You're gonna get people to click on that, but I don't think that's realistic at all. I think he either lands a job somehow this year, or it's all done for the greatest coach of all time. Feels like it's all done then. Yeah, running out of room, running out of options. You know, at this point, two teams have not hired a head coach that have vacancies, the Commanders and the Seahawks. As Schefter and others have said, neither team to this point has shown an interest in Bill Belichick. The Commanders feels like it's all but done. It's going to be Ben Johnson. Seahawks is still open, and maybe Vrabel ends up getting the Seahawks job. Like, maybe that's where, where he goes, and at least he'd be back in the league. I know they were in on Dan Quinn, but that was also before Dallas' defense looked as bad as it did against Green Bay. So there's still a bunch of candidates out there. Like Bobby Slowick is still available. I think people would uh, would want him. Is Pete Carroll all done? I guess. See, I, I thought all these guys were going to be coaching. I'm like, oh, wait, look at all these guys. They're all available. Uh, <laughs> now maybe just Jim Harbaugh's going to be coaching because Pete Carroll – he also had this weird press conference, even weirder than Bill's, but they, they both sounded like they were going to coach next year. They both wanted to coach. And Seattle did like the weird thing where like, oh, he's going to be an advisor, which he could bail on that anytime, I'm sure. But yeah, nobody wants Pete Carroll either. I don't think there's even been an interview for Pete Carroll. And considering one of the two openings is actually Seattle who fired him, like, yeah, Pete's done, Bill's done. So they're going to go to the Hall of Fame at the same time? I don't know. All right, let's go to the phones. we got Chris and Natick. He joins us next year on the program. What's up, Chris? Hey there, Rich. Um, I was just thinking, I saw I saw an article about this um, earlier, but do you think that Belichick would be interested in, in potentially being a defensive coordinator for a year, like the Packers or the Eagles, and if they're going to have success, especially win a Super Bowl, that could be a surefire way for him to get a head coaching job the next season? I don't. I, I don't. And, you know, I've heard that brought up about Mike Vrabel, and I'm like, I think Mike Vrabel's too good of a head coach to be a coordinator again. He's not like a failed, failed. He's had a bad season, but he's not a failed head coach. That's usually what those guys have to do to go back to coordinator. I don't think Bill would do that. Bill's much better off doing TV or nothing Hey, you've been the, a coordinator. You've been the king for the last 20 yeah. years. How about you be the assistant no to chance. the king for the next uh, no chance. to finish it off? And, like, which coach? Can you imagine? Just to play it out. So, I, no. The answer is no. I don't think that would happen. But say Nick Sirianni, who yes. everybody wants out of Philly anyway, they road. bring in Bill Belichick. Week two, Sirianni would be gone and he'd just be coaching the team. No head coach on earth would be okay with Bill Belichick as his coordinator. Pull the old Doc Rivers. Yeah, he's like, here, right. yeah, right, exactly. Let me give you some advice. Pack your stuff because I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking over. Yeah, I don't see that one happening. I did hear people asking about Mike Vrabel. We had a text. Somebody texted in too about Vrabel as a D coordinator somewhere. I don't think he needs it. Like, guys who just sucked out loud as coaches, like Josh McDaniels or Joe Judge or Matt Patricia, they need to be coordinators, kind of boost their stock up a little bit. 
Hell, even Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris got his head coaching debut with the Bucks years ago. Probably it was, it was it was too soon. wasn't great. But then he went back in and he was you know D coordinator and he was like a, an assistant head coach and all these things. And now his stock is really high again. So I don't think Vrabel could do, I guess like TV. I mean, Sean Payton was out of the game for I think just a year. I mean, he also retired and then got traded, so he just wanted out of there, I guess. But yeah, I think Vrabel will be back at some point. I'm I'm honestly surprised he doesn't have a job right now. All right, you can join us the the uh, program six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. We got some wrestling talk coming up at the stroke of eight o'clock. Jason Rossi's going to join us because we have a uh, massive WWE. Uh, Netflix deal this week. Plus, the Royal Rumble is tomorrow. Uh, but coming up next, it's the Week in Review here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. It's certainly been a week. Every night, and you so Brandon, to have a Brandon, 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 Brandon. Here's some of the best. Well, we he squashed her letterbox before lying. Dirty. Hey, how dare you? We can't say that. He can squashed her letterbox. And worst moments. Your former host at Big Mush. It's the Rich Keefe Show's Week in Review. All right, time now for the Week in Review on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. I've got a few things to uh, get to. Including, let's just start with my favorite. You don't, don't want to get squeezed for time and lose this one. This is my all-time favorite moment. And the reason why it's so funny to me is because Andy Hart always tries to find an opportunity to basically call me dumb. He'll go all different ways. His favorite story ever is when uh, a college football coach that I was, like, interview not interviewing with, that I was getting recruited by, uh, I showed him, like, my grades and my SAT scores. And I had taken the SATs a couple of times. And his the coach's question was, so when are you taking the SATs again? <laughs> and I was like, nope, those are that, that high Sticking one there. That's, that one. that's the one that we're going to stick with. So Hart loves that story, loves calling me dumb. So I was flabbergasted when during Kiefer Madness, this came about. So you're what already that? Kind of, fishy? Uh, fishy. Yeah, you're already kind of uh, alerted as In to what Utah. kind of story this might be. Yeah. Provo. Provo. What kind of fish we get there? I'm not sure. I mean, they do have the Great Salt Lake out there. That's got to be... I believe that's dry. The lake is dry? Isn't it a salt lake? Isn't that where you race cars across the flat white salt? Is he serious? I, he might be. I don't know. Are you serious? Yeah. You, you don't think it's like a lake Aren't lake? the salt lakes dried lakes? That's where they race the fastest cars on earth because it's flat and straight. Wait a minute. Is, it's not a pool of water? I think it used to be. Wait a minute. What? I could this? be wrong. Is, what's going on with the Salt Lake? It's The water. Great Salt Lake is the largest saltwater lake in the oh. Western Hemisphere. What? So where do they race those cars? Oh, think, it's just salt? It's not a thing. No, that exists. Salt. It's like ocean you water. You can mock me all you want. That's but insane. Where, do they, like where that. do they do the land speed records Probably on salt? Land. What are those called? I think there land. may be parts of it that are... Hmm, suck like on what that, you're Keith. Saying. <laughs> That's going to have to do with the Great Salt Lake. No, you're it thinking does. of that land in uh, The Last Jedi in Star Wars. No, this is a real car. thing. Okay, keep going. We'll deal with that this is a, That is a crazy thing. All right, anyway. Oh, it blew my mind. Blew my mind. Now, I guess there is like those salt 
What do they call them? Barons or something? Barons, maybe. We got a lot of, like, we got a lot. There were so many people that knew that. I was surprised by it. They were like, ah, I think this is what he means. We got, like, flooded. Flats. Oh, that's what it was. The Salt, Salt Flats, Flats Racetrack. I was like, all right. That's in Wendover, Utah. Okay. All right. Very good. Nothing to do with the Salt Lakes, though. No. No, not at all. Andy just assumed. So for his whole life, yep. you got to presume, yeah. he's been walking around with the assumption that Salt Lake is just a giant thing right. of salt. The Great Salt Lake. <laughs> is that, Do you know how much salt that would have to be? <laughs> I think it's like that. That's a deep lake, too. But and he's got it just filled with, uh, with salt. All right, this, when Fitzy was in, we were, we were having uh, quite a discussion on Gerard Mayo, and then we got to this. I think he's being coached up. I really think he is as they called him Gerard Belichick in, in the mm-hmm. days of old, I think he really is. I, players have even come out and said, like, you know when he's in a room, he's usually the loudest voice. He's easy to listen to because you can't miss him, but also he's very convincing and charismatic. So we've gotten a sampling of all of that. Yep. He also addressed the young Thundercat routine as well, told us he was going to spend some cash. I There were, like, to me, five or six really good takeaways that whether or not you want to buy into the idea that he's going to be allowed to be the coach and and sort of de facto GM for the team or at least have his say in personnel, like if you're willing to not believe this is some sort of charade, there were some very positive takeaways. Ooh, this. a Gerard charade. Oh, God, I didn't even realize It could be that's a Gerard charade. Charade. Oh, my God. If, are we, if, are we, if they don't it. burn cash, is it, it is. Sherrod 607, Mayo? Sherrod Mayo, we got that. Sherrod On Mayo. It. It's a possibility. We do not want to be staring down the barrel of Sherrod Mayo. Because they do. Like, you set yourself up for this. I add this to the short list. I think we need one more for the uh, the new Mount Rushmore of uh, promises. Because Wick Grosbeck famously said fireworks like eight years ago or whatever. And everybody kept waiting for the fireworks. Tom Werner recently talked about full throttle. Full throttle. Now, he meant lever. Ah. He meant levers. But... Right. Full throttle. That was one that you could easily you could you could hashtag that. You could slap it on a bumper sticker, and you better do something. Burn some cash. Great line shows his personality. Kind of laughing about it a little bit, but if they don't burn some cash, like the, I'm hopeful that this happens. And I guess I just don't even I don't even know who's going to be burning the cash. Like that's part of my problem is like they don't. Correct. There's no well, real the Kraft family. Craft yeah. Craft Sports and Entertainment will be burning the cash. So that cash can be burned. Okay. They'll give them the permission to burn the cash. Who they decide <laughs> to burn it on at what position? That's the ultimate question. Sherrod Mayo. So you got to stay tuned for how uh, Nick didn't catch that right away. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised a... that wasn't his joke to begin with. That's a good point. And then, of course, uh, Bet du Jour every night around six forty-five. We try to pick some winners, and uh, you know, in the middle of the week, it's certainly dominated by the NBA and the NHL. Stiz kind of went out on a, on a on a limb. I think was it Fitzy or Hart? I think it was Fitzy tried to warn you. Yeah, a little they tried, bit. he tried to warn yeah. me that the that the Carolina Hurricanes yeah. give the Bruins a problem every single time. Yep, just about, and uh, but didn't listen. That's that's a good one, Stiz. What do you got? Well, I got screwed last night, and Nick Nick warned me that the Hurricanes give the Bruins a problem. Tonight, oh, they're, they're, they're insane against yeah, them. Yeah, should have should have looked into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tonight, tonight, I'm going to go Al Horford over six and a half plus one hundred five. Horford over six oh, nice. and a half yeah, points. Nice and easy. Right. Very plus doable. money on that. So Did this is. Money? And I'll tell you what, nice bounce back. I hit nice bounce back. Is you're yep. able to to hit that one. So, yeah, very good because uh, the Hurricanes, it's been a while. It's been playoffs and regular season. They have just 
dominated, smacked the Bruins around a little bit. Uh, Bruins got a nice, well, a uh, a win last night, and we had the game on in here. We got kind of one eye on it as we're doing the show, but people were not happy with the uh, officials. The Bruins got called for, I think, nine penalties. Otto was on the power play, like, all night long, and Bruins still won in overtime. Uh, other news before we get to Rossi, uh, Porzingis sounds like the ankle's not too bad. Really? Because we were worried about that. He didn't go back into the game. He's listed as doubtful. He's for doubtful, t- yeah, he's for doubtful tomorrow. for tomorrow's game. But he was uh, asked about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, ankle injuries are no, no big deal, basically. And he also alluded to, like, if the game mattered more, he thought he could have even gone back and played. Oh, that's interesting. So I like that. I mean, hopefully he's telling the truth, but no no need to rush him back. If you want to sit him out tomorrow, that's fine. We, and need, then- we need cookies and cream, him and, him and Brown. Cookies and cream. That's right. Yeah, I know. I like that. Uh, I like that very much. That's apparently their nickname. So works for me. All right, two hours down, one hour to go here on the Rich Keefe Show. Weei Jason Rossi, the uh, our wrestling insider, going to join us talking about WWE and Netflix. A five billion dollar deal between the two. Plus, tomorrow is the Rumble, so we'll hit on that as well. This is the Rich Keefe Show here on Weei.